They have a combined 12 years in the National Football League. They combined for 65 career sacks, 232 tackles, one Pro Bowl selection, and one Employee of the Month award. That's just a straight shooter with upper management written all over him. It's Train and Gross on the All-AZ Podcast Network. Welcome in train and gross mid-August. Exhibition football is getting underway and uh, we're back for another edition of the podcast. Thanks for finding us. And uh, don't forget, give us a follow on Twitter at train and gross. Coming up in our next segment, looking forward to catching up with Vince Morata. Vinny! All around good guy, but uh, if you saw the NBA Finals, especially if you watched the beginning of the game, you saw Vince on TV as he was the uh, uh, PA announcer for your Phoenix Suns. He was the man. He was the man. That's right. I was and, happy for my brother. Uh, every, every, you know, I saw that. I was like, damn, I'm jealous. I'm officially jealous. <laughs> and you hear middays on uh, 98.7 here in the Valley. But, you know, when I think about that, if there was anybody that deserved that moment, oh, yeah. it was Vinny. I'm still jealous, but I'm happy for yeah, Vinny. Because Vin, <laughs> yeah. Vinny is a guy that is, he's been a long-suffering Arizona fan, Absolutely. Phoenix fan. And, and uh, there have been lots of them, but he's the one that, that comes to mind yeah. when I talk about being a professional. And so the fact that he – got to do that I, I think it was only right and one of the hardest working guys paid his dues i want to ask him about a show that he did way back in the day that, that was on alternative music station it yeah. wasn't even really a sports show that he well, did with he chuck powell it, and he put in his dues when it comes to that industry as well i remember i was doing the music still for the suns rattlers and right. mercury when he got hired and he was just doing rattlers right so he had to put it you know he put in a lot of rattlers games before ever even getting that suns mm-hmm. position yeah. as pa announcer so, cool. so he put in a lot so yeah he's the man looking forward to catching up with him we'll talk to him coming up in our next segment before we do that i'm a little disappointed a little disappointed neither one of you comp- complimented me gave me a gave me a look here i mean i, I come in here i'm all clean yeah you look I good got bro. a haircut Went to V's Barbershop. The shirt's nice and pressed. Thank I mean, you, you know. It's, it's I put on my Friday best for my, for yeah, my guys. But yeah. I went to V's Barbershop. Okay. And I went in and I said, give me a shave. Shave. So you, you ever, put you the ever hot have a towel? Shave? Dude, like they have this thing at V's. I don't know what it is. Uh-huh. I'm really, I'm like 85 years old. You know, this doesn't, <laughs> this magic doesn't come easily. <laughs> <laughs> this magic? Look close in the camera for Look me now, that. please, would you? <laughs> Look at this. This magic right here. This beauty. This, this beautiful. Absolutely. Like, beautiful. That profile. Dude. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chris at the store on uh, 7th Street, 7th okay. Street in Missouri. All right. Okay. I said, I want to come in and get the haircut and shave. He's like, you want the whole, I think it's called the whole deal. Okay. I said, like, give me the whole deal. Okay. So get the haircut. Did he lay you down, though? Were you flat? Got the haircut sitting up. Okay. And then he said, got all these got stack of towels, man, stack of towels. And he laid me back. Okay. Laid me back. So it's official. It's official shape. And then he did, I don't even know what, man, but he was, he was putting, like, the pre-stuff on and then mm-hmm. the, the shaving cream. Now, when he applies the shaving cream, does he do it with, like, what almost looks like a, uh, like a paintbrush type no. thing where he dips it no. in and kind of swirls no. it on? No. no. Straight hands. He's got the hot, the hot shaving cream. Mm-hmm. But when he puts the shaving cream on, before he starts shaving, he put the hottest towel on that I've ever had. Oh, got to open up wow. those pores, man. Open it up, man. Yeah. And then he shaved. Mm. Mm. With the old-fashioned old long blade? Got a man that <laughs> he's got the blade on your neck. Oh. Yeah, old-fashioned long blade. Yeah. And then afterwards, they put on more stuff and then more stuff and more towels. And at the very end, they put on this really good smelling stuff, and it burned. Mm-hmm. And then he put on a cold towel. <laughs> I was like, damn, look yeah. at me. All right. Yeah, look at me. Took about, close, yeah. took about an hour. Yeah? Feel that. No, I'm good. I'll take your word for it. Feel it. Baby, baby bottom smooth? Baby bottom. Okay. 
Like I told I like you, it. this magic does not come easy. So you're selling me because I know we were we were chatting a second ago. B Train and I have both never gone through that particular experience. I've never had that. Type Usually, of if I go I've in, seen it. if I yeah, me too. If I go in for a cut though, a lot a lot of places offer it. I'm like, no, nah, I'm good. This, <laughs> let me get out of here. Right. You know well, what I mean? So now you're selling me on it. Maybe I have to give this a shot. Well, Chris at, at V's did a great job, and I will go to him again without question. He said, is this the first time you've had it? I said, oh, no, I've gone to V's before. Mr. Valenzuela, who owns it, uh, my wife taught his kids. Anyways, long story wow. short. But even before that, Karen, my wife, was uh, delivering a speech at a conference in Las Vegas, mm-hmm. staying at the Las Vegas Hilton. So she's gone for a couple hours. I'm wandering around and losing my ass at the slot machines. Right. And I walk by, and there's an old, like, this is old school. Like, think about, like, 70s, because mm. they hadn't redone the Hilton at that point. Right. Old school barbershop. Ooh. Had the red, red and blue pole. Dude in the white jacket. Mm-hmm. They had the pump to pull you up, to push you up on, on, in the All seat. of it. Chairs yeah. And he goes, have you, you ever had a, a, a straight-edge shaver before? And I'm like, no. And he yeah. said, come on in. It's an experience. It was weird because there was one person in front of me, and this lady, she said, can I get you a Playboy? And I'm like, wow. dude, you're like my grandmother. No, I don't, I'd never look at that. I don't want to. Just for the articles. Never man. look at that here. Yeah. I mean, come on. Yeah. What are we talking about? Man, well, just no, no, for no. the what, articles. What articles are there? So I'm sitting there waiting my turn. And then they call me back, and oh. I was hooked. Yeah. I, I was hooked. Okay. Yeah, so I highly recommend it. I actually want to go in one time and get it done on the head. I, I want to get it done on the head one time, and I want to see how it feels because I've seen it a thousand times, and everybody that, that comes up from that, that vertical pos- or that horizontal position, they come up, and they, they look different. They just have a different feel look to glow them. glow to them. They have a glow, yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, it's, it's like they, they've when, got the glow. When so, you talk about, like, you just – it, like, washes it away. Yeah. Like, I'm even, like when you come up, you're like – You feel Man. cleaner, feel good. Just relaxed. Okay. Feel more breeze. Like, does the breeze feel cooler so, in your all face? I've got a lot of questions, though, now. How often do you have to do, this, do the head on your own? I can do mine three times a week and be good. Okay. Now, during the pandemic. Oh, did you let it go? I, I mean, no, I didn't let it go because, you know, it, it, that'd be George Jefferson flow. But, uh, <laughs> you know, we're not, we're not trying to have the, the, the cul-de-sac flow. You know what I mean? Oh, is that what? Okay. Yeah. You all know, right. the 1400 block, you know, cut. You know what I'm uh-huh. Yeah, we're not we're not trying I'm to go there. there, man. I'm starting to get two. I'm kind of in the corners right here. <laughs> hey, you know, genetics are a a wonderful yet terrifying thing. You know, I look at my dad and grandfather. God rest his soul. And uh, you know, I I, I I hit that off at the pad. You know, I cut that off. I'm right there with you because when he finished up, he goes, "How do you how do you like it?" I said, "Damn, you're a miracle worker." <laughs> ain't cooperate with me either, and I'm further along than the both of you. Well, you're you're. You help yours along. I got ahead of the curve. I, 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 just, I just went against the grain, bro. I just said no. How old were you when you made that decision? So I was about to ask. I was 29. 29. Uh, were you, are, were you starting to see something nope. or you just wanted, to go, just wanted to go that road? I wanted to go that road because, one, I never had a great grade of hair mm-hmm. anyway. So um, it was never going to end well. And I, I, I hated going to barbershops because I hated giving up all my Saturdays or Fridays yeah. when you go because, you know, it, at certain barbershops, you know, it's, it's, it's like a, it's like a, a sports club. Like you mm-hmm. go there and, and you talk about everything in the world and these guys are cutting your hair, but they're giving their opinions on whatever. It's like this podcast. Yeah. We try to keep it an hour, but it usually ends up 90 minutes to two yeah. hours. Yeah. So, you know, kind of like what we're doing right now. But, yeah. you know, it's, it's interesting and it's fun and, and, you know, people are selling stuff as you're coming in. They got DVDs and, and you know, CDs and all that kind of shit. But, you know, it is what it is. Uh, <laughs> I, I just didn't. I, I just didn't like the idea of giving up four or five hours of my day for a basically twenty-minute haircut. So. Mm-hmm. Well, that's a, the, the V's experience. I was in and out in an hour. And that's pretty good. He didn't sell me a, nothing either. And you got you got head and face. So head that, and that, face. 
yeah. haircut and, yeah, yeah. and, and shave. So, uh, you know, yeah, we got to always make sure we qualify. You know. I got a haircut. I never yeah. went to your barbershop, yeah. so I don't, I, I don't know the point of reference that you're making. <laughs> I'll be here all week, bro. I didn't catch I'll be that here right all week. week. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't people want to know how these podcasts go for 90 Ooh. minutes. We got to back that up because if this is like if you're driving Ooh. down the road, you got it's a family show. Yeah, whatever. This is a podcast, brother. We get away with <laughs> you, Yeah, you clicked on our face on the thing, so yeah. you, you get what yeah. you're getting. That's this right. Like it just came That's on the radio. Right. Warning, right. Will Rogers. Warning. But yeah, I like I said, V's. Yeah, we'll go. We'll make a day of it. Uh, yeah, let's make it a show, a field trip. Why do that? Show. Meet up yeah. there one day and then, uh, then immediately go to the podcast. I mean, I would love for somebody because I've, I've never had somebody pamper uh, my hair or my head, you know, as far as, as, as shaving it and taking care of it. So I, I think the first time in, what, 15, 16 years, you know, it, it's, it's about time. Yeah, no, and I, I need to do it because I'll be honest with you. The older I get, my Karen, Karen calls me. She's like, she said, and this is not a compliment. She goes, you look like Ted Cruz. Wow. I'm like, damn, I need to go shave right <laughs> yeah, now. Right like, now. You know, because mine, I'm getting older, and so it, it grows in. There's as much white as there is anything else. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's got to go. And, uh, so but you, you I'm just, a fan. I got some in there. But you just said something. You said talking about getting pampered. Yeah. Where are we at on this program when it comes to, you know, pedicures? That type of deal. I do it foot, myself. Foot massages. I do them all. I, I love all of it. And uh, never done it. What? Never done it. I've never, never, done I've it. never been come mess with my feet kind of guy. Am are I, you serious? Am I, am I missing out on this? Bert, you are totally missing out. I mean, that is an experience all to itself. Just the 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 massage. I mean, we're not even talking about you know the fact that you know the, the missus will will love how it looks. And feels because you know you're not going to be cutting her up. She's not going to be bleeding half to death <laughs> while she's sleeping. Uh, but uh, I'm, I'm telling you, you got to treat yourself at least once. We've right. had this you conversation. You yes, and I've had this conversation. I had this on national TV with with, with Jay Leno and and I forget the guy's name. The, the uh, his assistant. I've when got I was more. I've got more questions now. You were on Leno. Yeah, I was on Leno, man, and and it Thank was you. during the Super Bowl. And and I forget I forget the guy's name. He's. Uh, He's he's his assistant. He would you know he he's co-host. I, I no, he's not co-host. He's just kind of the guy. Yeah, he's just kind of the guy. And uh, you know he was asking me questions during the uh, during during the media day, and he asked me about you know do I do anything to uh, take the, the the stress off? I was like, hey, you know I go get a manicure pedicure, and he's like, you should do that afterwards. I was like, no no no, you got to do that all the time. You got to make sure you keep it grown and sexy. And, um, you know, we, we, we had a little back and forth with that, but uh, and it, it was a good time. And this, this made it on DJ Leno. Show. This made it on D. Is it Ross Leno Matthews? Show. It is Ross the intern. That's okay. it. Ross yeah. the intern. I've, I've known you for over 10 years. You and I never knew that? And I knew, the, I knew the pedicure. You don't scare me or threaten me as much as Sean does because he'd throw something out and, like, threaten me. <laughs> like, he'd, like, get a, DV, get a DVR. And I'm like, oh, whatever. He said, get a DVR. And so I got home and I called and you know, got a DVR. <laughs> and he said, watch this movie. And I'm like, all right. He said, watch this movie. We're going to talk yeah. about it next week. And I would always do it. So you said, you got to get a, a, a pedicure. pedicure. You'll, Absolutely. You'll, you'll thank me for it. Absolutely. And that was 10 years ago. Yeah. And I still haven't gotten one. Wow. I guess I mean, we're gonna have on. to. Do, like, we got a trip. laundry list. Of you things. drew the line at, at at I got him off a of, I got him off a of soda, and he just drew the line right there. I remember After that. that he, he he hadn't listened to anything I said. Yeah. So so I don't even know where this first segment was gonna go, but no it's point. going wherever we want to go. Yeah. And I tell people this story, and they don't believe me. Mm. So you and I met each other, and we went shotgun marriage. We'd start yep. doing a radio show. Yep. Or uh, here in Phoenix, and. Uh, that was in the fall, so we got through our first football season. Yep. Started to get along pretty well. Yep. Became good friends. Yep. Um, 
and you know, Ash Wednesday. Wow. On the radio. And we'd talk about, okay, segment one, we're going to do this. Segment two, we're going to yep. do that. Yep. It was Ash Wednesday. And you said, Ash Wednesday 2012. I remember wow. it vividly. And you yep. said, hey, brother, what are you giving up for, uh, for Lent? And I, on the radio. Yep. And I looked at you, I'm like, uh, <laughs> that, 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 wasn't in the, uh, that wasn't in the notes here. Um, and you responded with, well, I think you should give up Diet Coke. That stuff's going to kill you. Yeah. And so, and I was a heavy drinker of Diet Coke. Yeah. So Ash Wednesday 2012 was the last time I've had not only Diet Coke, but any soda. That's what I'm any talking soda. about. Any soda. That's I have not had a, car- wow. except for beer, I have not had a carbonated drink since that day. Yeah, I mean, I used and, to. And support group. Then the very next day, my, my friend Bertrand walks into Wright Toyota or Wright Honda, one of those, yep. and you had a gallon of a lemonade. lemonade. From Chick-fil-A. From Chick-fil-A, that's right. And that's right, I remember we that. Drank, he had two cups with ice in them, and we drank lemonade, lemonade in that show. All show long. So I, two hours. I traded, in the, uh, I traded in whatever Diet Coke was going to do for diabetes. For sure. <laughs> I was like, holy, so much sugar in that. But I have not had a Diet well, Coke you, since then. And you transitioned to room temperature. I know that for a fact. Yep. Room yep. temperature orange G2 Gatorade. Which they don't make anymore. They don't make it anymore. So yeah. I haven't had that since whenever. All right, another question spawned from this. You uh-huh. can get a gallon of lemonade from Chick-fil-A? Absolutely, brother. Dude, Treat I yourself. I learned so much on this show. Are you kidding me right no, now? No, I've never knew. I didn't know that. I love Chick-fil-A and the lemonade there. Yeah, just ask for the gallon. Just give me a wow. gallon of lemonade. All right. And you can get a it's gallon right of iced there. tea, too. You make your old Arnold Palmer's. You can do whatever you want. Now we're talking. Now your mind's blown. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't had carbonation since 93, brother. I haven't had a Coke since 93. And I, I told him, I was like, dude, that stuff will kill you. And then the, the diet is worse because we had that conversation. Like, mm-hmm. the diet is worse than the actual regular. Because mm-hmm. there's that. even more stuff you can't even pronounce. And yeah. I, was, I, was, uh, I was partaking. I was intaking an awful lot of that stuff. You know, at, at one point, if they would have gutted me on live TV, it would have been a mess. Because they, <laughs> <laughs> they, yeah, so I have not had a, thanks to you. I've yeah. so, you know, it's all good, bro. How did we get down that path? No I have idea. no idea. But a gallon of lemon, I'm in on that. I'm, there's a Chick-fil-A right by my house. Tonight, brother. I'm Treat so, yourself that's, tonight. That's, that's, that is happening tonight. Pro tip. Yeah. Don't drink the whole gallon in two hours because oh, that's what we did. <laughs> His tolerance might have been up for it, but I was like, I got to have something. Oh. And it was hard because you – and I swear to, to this day, and this is the part of the story I tell people, he did me a favor even though I didn't like it at the time. It took like two weeks mm-hmm. yeah. before I stopped wanting to Diet Coke. Yeah. And I woke up in the middle of the night one night with just a, a headache like my head was in a vice mm-hmm. headache. And I was like, holy gee. So it was whatever that, yeah. whatever that was working out my system. I think it was system. you who ruined – the the lime Gatorade for me forever. I think you told us a story, one of the first radio shows I ever did with you, about camp and how you were so sore you didn't want to get up and walk to I it. never get out of bed. And you just had the Gatorade bottles next to you. I always lean over. I can't see the yellow Gatorade bottle anymore, <laughs> and I can't get it anymore because Bertrand, now it's all I think about when I see the yellow Gatorade bottle. And that's going back a decade ago when he told me this story. Can't do it. Yellow Gatorade's out because hey. now I just think of – Camp pee bottles every yeah. time I see it. There you go. I always had one right there. <laughs> so I always just, you know, gave it the little lean over. You know, never got out of bed. You Because know? I was not getting out of that bed. I don't care what happened. Come hell or high water, I'm not getting out of that bed. So, you know, that's what it was. Call it Camp Confidential. Training camp. Yeah. yeah. Camp Confidential. Mm-hmm. Things from Virginia. roommates? Back. No, no roommates. All right, good. That was good. At what point in your career do you not have a roommate in training camp? I, I want to say when you really become a starter and you become a consistent contributor to the overall success of the team. I mean, you know, guys that rookies and guys that don't play a whole lot, they're, they're pretty much you've got roommates. Yeah. But when you are a starter or if you've been 10 years in the league, then you, you kind of reach that plateau where you're, 
you know, you're untouchable. You're Teflon then. Yeah. Yeah. Ten years is that magic number. All right. There you go. I, I like I said, I had no idea where this opening segment was going to go. But this was fine. This was a, this was a good segment, mm-hmm. no doubt. That was an absolutely good I segment. I love so these. much. I love these. Hey, coming up on the other side, we're going to uh, we're going to welcome a guest to the podcast, which we like to do from time to time, and uh, Vince Murata from ninety eight seven here in the Valley is going to join us. That's coming up next on Train and Gross. Train and Gross. Welcome back in train and gross as promised. Uh, welcome to the podcast, Valley uh, sportscaster, and uh, even though this is his first visit, can we call him friend of the podcast, oh, friend of the program, dear friend, dear friend, Vince Morata, Vinny, Vinny. Hey, thanks for making time for us. How are you? Thanks for having me. How are, how are you guys doing? I'm doing great. Well, hey, we're doing, we're doing, we love doing this podcast and uh, love catching up, and uh, so it's good, all good on our end. Well, Vinny, hey, listen, let's get right into it. The thing that I came up with, I, I came up with this title called Love at First Fight. And I wanted to get guys who weren't necessarily players, weren't necessarily athletes. You know, I love you, but, you know, I always wanted to get a non-athlete perspective on when they first fell in love. Because we know when you start talking about sports, there's always the, the players, there's the coaches, there's people that have to report about it, and there's also the owners. And all of these people have different perspectives on what made them fall in love with sports and, and make it a part of their regular life. And so you were one of the first guys being a, an Arizona native and a guy that that's covered Phoenix sports since the beginning. I wanted to get your perspective, one, because you're a good friend of mine, but two, you're as locked into sports and, and, and different types of sports uh, here around the Valley and, you know, outside the Valley. So the one question I want to ask you first is, do you remember that first moment where you actually fell in love with sports? And don't, it doesn't matter what sport it is, but can you remember that the earliest recollection that you had where you said to yourself, this is something that I want to be a part of for the rest of my life? That's a great question. Um, it wasn't really a moment uh, because there's not really a time, B-Train, where I don't remember, where I remember not loving sports. It was just kind of ingrained in me. Uh, through my relationship with my dad, who made me a sports fan. and um, But I, I do remember what really drove it home, and that was, uh, you know, I was born in New York. We lived out on Long Island until I was seven. And uh, my dad grew up a Yankee fan. And uh, so mid-70s, I'm probably four years old, uh, he took me to my first Yankee game. And it was when Yankee Stadium was being rebuilt. Mm. Uh, so they played their home games at Shea Stadium. They shared that stadium with the Mets. And I still have pretty vivid memories of, of that game, even though it was so long ago. They played the Oakland A's. Reggie Jackson was still with Oakland. Uh, the Yankees won the game. But I remember that moment, and, and I think a lot of people will probably have a, a recollection like this too, where you know you walk through the tunnel to get into the seating pole of the stadium, and you see the green grass with your own two eyes of a major league stadium for the first time. Mm-hmm. From that moment on, you know, if, if there was any doubt that I was going to be a sports fan, it was uh, it was pretty much driven home right there. That uh, you know, it was it, it's been a lifelong love affair. So, Vinny, you talk about the smell of green grass. Was there a player? Was there a particular moment other than that green grass that that really kind of solidified that? Was there somebody that that really stuck out with you as far as uh, somebody that was within the sports world that that? Uh, did something that just caught your eye and you're like, man, I wish I could really do that. Um, you know, 
a bunch of them really. And, and for me, it was it was those Yankees teams of the mid seventies. Um, my favorite player was was Greg Nettles, uh, the third baseman, great fielder, really nice left-handed swing, had some had some pop. Um, but it was I was one of those kids. Um, whenever I saw something, I tried to emulate it. So. I didn't. I didn't play a ton of organized sports at that age, but I was jumping around and you know diving for like Nerf balls in the living room and, and things like that. Yeah. Um, but I also really uh, early on, I, I was enamored with the whole uh, the whole broadcast part of it too. Um, so it, it kind of all mixed together from from a very young age. Um, that yes, I knew I was going to love sports, but I also wanted to pursue it in some way. And I also realized pretty, you know, on in the introduction, you said you were looking for a non-athlete. I came to mind first. He doesn't get more non-athletic than me. So, um, that's only so in your I, adult I life, brother. That's only in your adult life. You know, there, there's no shot. You know, there's, there's no, there's no shade in that respect. Vince Barada yeah, joining us I, on the uh, podcast. And, uh, hey, hey, Vinny, fast forward, you know, you, you moved to the Valley. I think, correct me if I'm wrong, Greenway High School, the Demons up there on, on Greenway, just west of I-17. When did you know, like you said, you knew you wanted to be in it, but when did it kind of click and sink in? Like, you know, because you come to the Valley and, you know, I don't know the exact timing, but based on what you said, that you know, I know approximately when you got here, you've seen so much, so much growth. You got here, yeah. it was probably only the Suns um, and, you know, Arizona, Phoenix, Arizona, the sports scene today, sure. you, you've, you've seen so much. Yeah. When, when did it click? When did it sink in? Um. We, really, before we moved to Arizona, we knew we were going to move to Arizona for a couple of years. So that was about the time the Suns made their first NBA Finals in 76. And I don't remember a ton about that, but uh, I remember rooting for them because we knew we were going to be in Phoenix. And yeah, we, we moved out in 79, and it was uh, Suns first. And ASU football at that time in the Valley was a religion. Uh, the town shut down on Saturday nights and everybody gathered around, either went to Sun Devil Stadium to watch the Devils play or, uh, you know, if they were on television, gathered around the TV. Um, I, I think, you know, from – are you talking about, Mike, that when it clicked in from wanting to get in on the, on the broadcast side of A things? career standpoint, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, I would say eighth grade um, – <laughs> I was I was unceremoniously cut from my eighth grade basketball team. Bastard. I'm still pissed about it, by the way. Good. There you go. You should be. <laughs> and I'm still and I'm still friendly with the coach uh, to this day, and I, I remind him about it all the time. Uh, but I got cut, and I still wanted to be involved. So I told the coach, "Hey, um, if you need me to keep the stat book or um, anything like that, I would love to be involved." And I ended up going to every game. I, I think every player on the team missed at least one game, but I was there the whole time. Wow. Uh, he also wow. was um, a part-time ticket salesperson for the Suns. Mm -hmm. So he would set up games for our school's team uh, to play other schools before the Suns would play. So we spent a lot of time down at the Madhouse on McDowell. And uh, I remember once uh, being at the table while you know my school was playing and I'm keeping the stats book and they were playing the, the Seattle Supersonics later that night. And their play-by-play -play broadcaster and Lenny Wilkins, who was the head coach at the time, uh, came by, and I guess I was taking up too much room uh, on the scorer's table. I said, we need just a little bit more room to do our pregame interview. we got to tape it. And I said, oh, sure, absolutely. And uh, I, I remember the broadcaster. I don't remember his name, unfortunately. But he said, yeah, you'll learn, you'll learn about this business. Um, and, and that's kind of when it clicked in uh, was, was really that whole experience. Uh, I was a small kid. I knew I wasn't going to be a pro athlete. So 
you find a way that you can turn it into your advantage and, and make it your career. So that's what I did. Here with Vince Morata here on Training Gross. And Vince, I want to talk about since you've been a professional broadcaster here in the Valley, you've seen a lot of the ups and downs here in the Valley. There's been more down than ups, to be quite frank. But there have been some moments. And obviously we have the 2001 World Series victory over the Yankees. You're, you're Yankees from days of old. And then we've had a lot of heartbreak to go behind that. So in your mind, what stands out more? Does it stand out more that the win with the World Series with the Arizona Diamondbacks or the loss in, in the Super Bowl 2008? Obviously, this past uh, July, the loss in the finals to the Milwaukee Bucks. What, what do you remember more? Do, do you remember the wins or do you remember the losses more? I would like to say the wins, but that win, the World Series win for the Diamondbacks came so early in their history. I think, you know, if you jumped on the Diamondbacks bandwagon early, and, and as a kid, yeah, I was a Yankees fan, but I waited for baseball to get here. So in 98, when they started, I did jump on board. Uh, they had one losing season, and then they were a great team after that. So to, to win the World Series in year four, um, I think it was probably a little bit too much of a good thing too soon for the D-backs. Uh, and now we see what waiting for a championship feels like with them. Um, you know, the Cardinals, when, when you guys made it to the Super Bowl that year, um, there were long-suffering Cardinals fans that couldn't believe it. Uh, it was surreal for them. And, you know, the Suns' uh, existence and history is even longer uh, in the Valley. So um, now three times to the yeah, – I'll, I'll count two um, because the Suns' first trip to the finals was a little bit too early in their history too for uh, – uh, and, and too early for me to remember, but uh, you know it's it's been 53 years that they've been a, a team now without a championship. So I guess it's a little bit of the the Phoenix sports uh, experience, and it's a little bit of my pessimistic nature. But uh, long winded answer to your question be uh, definitely the losses. <laughs> yeah, I hear you, bro. Well, and you talk about the ups and downs and the highs and lows. And, and Vinny, you know, I, I mentioned it when I was bringing you on, but you know, I can't even imagine for somebody like yourself the you know, the, the road that you took. And then for this NBA Finals, and I saw it on social media, you know, <laughs> your family members put it, you know, Vince Murata, the voice of the uh, uh, PA announcer for the Suns with the introduction of the starting lineup. I mean, I can only imagine if, if, if that were me, you know, at back in Detroit where I'm from or, or what, I'd be like, what, me? What, now? I'm on? I mean, it had to be surreal, that, for, you know, that moment for you. It, it was, um, and I've, Loved every minute of doing that job. Uh, I actually auditioned for that job like 15 years before I got it and completely botched the audition. <laughs> I think I got laughed out of the audition room. Uh, but uh, yeah, for somebody like me, was, I, I rooted for the sun since I was a kid. So to, to have the, the best seat in the house, as they say, to be able to, to do that. It's a great job for a team that wins 19 games a year. Right. Um, this year was... Not completely unexpected, but they exceeded uh, the expectations. Uh, obviously, it was a treat. And, um, you know, there's a little bit of nerves that go into that job every night you do it. But uh, they told me before the game that the finals were being shown in 215 different countries. So that really gets your blood pumping a little bit. Uh, and, you know, you wait for the wait for the cue from, from Mike Green from AS, uh, ESPN to, to throw it to you. And basically welcoming the whole world to the NBA Finals. It's something I'll never forget. Man, I, I got to tell you this. You know, I look at you and, and your career. I've lived here for a long time, not, not quite as long as you. Your resilience and, and, you know, the work that you've done to get where you are now. I got to tell you this. And, and just like you talk about not having a favorite kid or a favorite team, 
you've worked with a lot of people in this town, and I, uh, you probably don't have a favorite partner that you worked with, but I'm going to throw one out there. For me personally, the, your work that I really enjoyed was you and Chuck, uh, the stuff that you guys used to come up with. It was on a, a weird station, but, you know, it was so good. And to this day, I remember it. You guys did this thing where, you, where you, you know, Chuck was doing the imitations of the sports personalities in this town. And I think, uh, was it you know, with Drew and, and Heather maybe? I, it, yeah. that's that that you guys did that and to this day like if somebody said hey what is your top radio that you've heard in this town taking nothing away from your work currently that work that you and chuck did back in the day vince i got it for me it was amazing and it just shows i think what's paying off for you in the long run is the versatility to 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 make it in this this type of industry yeah i appreciate that um not a week goes by where I don't hear from somebody, whether it's, you know, running into somebody who's a fan or you know, hearing from somebody on social media where they don't bring up that particular show. The Morning Ritual, we were on the edge back in the day. Uh, and that was the second show we had actually worked together. We had a show called Bare Naked Sports on uh, another sports radio station in town that didn't last very long. But um, we both made the jump over to FM Alternative Music, which was weird. As, as a guy in my early 30s, I felt like a fish out of water when I got there. But... Uh, it was a lot of fun and did that for four and a half years and um, then got back into the sports thing. But uh, I appreciate it. And yeah, it, it was uh, a lot of fond memories from that time. And the other thing I got to ask you, just going off script a little bit, but I was looking at your your, your bio on Twitter and, and Sean and I were talking about this beforehand. Sean and I have done shows together, what, three years worth of radio uh, here and there. And we used to do movie reviews. And on, on your Twitter bio, it says Sandler apologist. I'm going to need a clarification on that <laughs> to find out how much you're apologizing for. And then I'll decide if we need to delve further into this or not. There is a line of delineation on Sandler movies. I can, I can take the goofy because you know you're going to get goofy. Yep. There's like probably five movies that are just absolute garbage. <laughs> Yeah. I love most of them, but five of them that are that are garbage. Um, Jack and Jill comes to mind. Grown Ups Two was just awful. A mm. um, couple of the Netflix ones that have been out have been pretty goofy. But uh, I, I'm just like, Adam, he makes a certain type of movie, uh, and he makes a certain type of movie with his friends a lot. Um, mm. But everything you hear about Adam Sandler, the person, he just seems like a great guy. Yeah, um, that's the, very generous and giving, and uh, that's part of the, the reason why. And, and those early movies, I mean, Billy Madison, Happy Gilmore, oh, they, they suck really you in. Yeah, I, Sean got a cease and desist from uh, from somebody from Sandler's camp about you know because he was pretty harsh on the the older stuff, or the the newer stuff, I guess technically. Well, okay, it's just stuff that Vinny's talking about, though. right? Exactly, it's, it's the Netflix stuff, right? I mean, right. it's the, the, there, there's maybe one that's that's even tolerable, and the rest are just hot garbage. So, yeah. well, the grown-ups too. I think you and I actually talked about on the radio one day, and I thought you were going to lose it, and that's when we got the letter. But uh, now I'm, I'm glad for the clarification, <laughs> and, and we'll agree, and we'll we'll, <laughs> we'll we'll move on for that point. The other thing too, Vinny, that I appreciate about you know the way you work and the way you deliver things, and I was driving around this week uh, during your 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 show. Uh, you guys were talking about the, uh, the the 49ers for some reason. I forget the context. And you're talking about the quarterback battle, and you made me spit my drink out when you talked about uh, Jimmy Garoppolo and his rugged good looks. I, I mean, <laughs> that, that type of, of, you know, just your personality, I think, is the, the thing that people can appreciate as well. Because, again, just, you know, the generic sportscaster guy that, you know, breaks down plays or breaks down players, like, and everybody understands their role. But 
you know, your perspective and, and, and that sort of, uh, like I said, interjection when I'm driving down the road listening to it. I, I love that and appreciate it. And I think what makes you so good at what you do. Thanks. Um, I've had so many program directors, and I'm sure you guys have had them in the past too, where they'll describe what they want the show to sound like. And they always say, it's just, you know, a bunch of guys sitting around a, a table at a sports bar. And so, you know, if I'm with my friends and we're talking about the San Francisco 49ers or Jimmy Garoppolo, yeah, we're, we're going to poke a little bit of fun at the fact that he looks like a GQ model and he plays quarterback. So, and he hangs um, out with porn stars. I, I, I you know, we'll, we'll let, we'll we'll let it fly. There's that too. Um, but, um, yeah, so I try to keep that at the, at the front of everything I do. When we, when we boil it down and we really look at what we do for a living, it's important, yes, but it's not critical to anything. So if you can't have fun doing it, then, then what are we doing it for? Vinny, hey, good stuff. We appreciate you hanging out with us a little bit on the podcast. Uh, enjoy your work. And again, uh, like I said, congratulations. Uh, you had a, uh, you know, obviously the Suns did their thing, but you had a really cool summer. And uh, I was really happy for you when, uh, when that happened. And uh, you look good to 250 million people across the globe, man. <laughs> Thanks, man. I appreciate it. Train and gross. Thanks again to Vince Morata. My cousin time. Vinny. Could have kept him on for hours. Forever, man. I mean, he's, 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 he's such an easy conversationalist. You can talk to him about anything, and yeah. he's got a little bit of knowledge about anything. That's Love so guys cool. like that. Thanks again. Vince Morata joined us on the podcast. Get him yeah. middays 98.7 here in the Valley. And I'm sure it's available if you're not in the Valley, somehow over the world wide web. All right, uh, B-Train, exhibition mm. football underway. Game's already been played. Sure. Uh, really going to hit it uh, full speed this weekend. You retired. 2010. 2010, so January over 2010. a decade ago. Mm -hmm. when, did you, when did you physically miss it? Because I know over the years, you, whether you're college or pro, whatever, talking about how you know, professional athletes, football players specifically, creature of habit, yep. and you know, how you shut it down leading up to training camp. Mm-hmm. When did you know physically, like you were free of that? Like you, when you didn't, you didn't wake up thinking about, you know, I gotta, I gotta get ready for camp or whatever it is. When did you know? When, it, when, when was it fully in the rearview mirror? Two years. It took me two years. years. Wow. Because the the thing that really used to stick out for me was the smell of fresh cut grass in in the summer. Yeah. If I smelled fresh cut grass in July or August, my body would react. Yeah. Like I, I would feel different because. That was the signal that it was time to get ready right. for training camp. And it took me the longest time to physically get over. Now, mentally, I was actually done before I finished that last season. Right. I, I had made it up in my mind, and I told family and, and, and um, immediate, you know, close friends that, hey, this is it. But from a physical standpoint, mm -hmm. my body didn't really adjust and adapt till about two years later, to about 2012. When we started, when we got on the show, yeah, that was when I really made that transition to where my body didn't respond to July or August or right. anything like that. So, yeah, it took it took two two full years. Did anybody try to talk it out of you? Talk you out of your decision? You oh, said no. fam family, friends, whatever. No, they no, knew. They knew. Well, they, they didn't. They didn't. I didn't give anybody the opportunity. Because if so I'm the one that's out there. Right. It's my body. It's my choice. So they were like, hey, you've given us a, a, enough of a ride. I mean, yeah. you know, 13 years on and off. I mean, you know, that's, that's, that's long enough. Yeah. Well, and, and again, you look at it, you know, you know just from a number standpoint. Yeah. Your career mm. was an exception 
not a rule in yep. the NFL. I mean, yep. I, I don't know what the average is now, but it's still 2.3 2. 2. 3 years. 2. 3. You know, so to go as long as you did. Yep. Um, and, and again, I've known you long enough, but you know, we'll, we'll, we'll explore it a little bit. It, it was more f- mental than physical as those years went along, right? Oh, I no mean, no question. So to your point, when you knew you were done, that's a bad place to be on a football field when you're mentally not there. Yes, and and anytime that and, and I can spot athletes when they are in that in between as far as how they play and and you see them play before they make that decision and then once they've made that decision you can actually see the difference in how they play because drew Brees, prime example Mm -hmm. love drew Brees. i thought he's one of the all-time great quarterbacks he used he he held uh, numerous nfl record probably still holds them i don't know for how much longer but seeing the way that he played last year towards the end it looked like a different Drew Brees. He, he, he didn't have the same vested interest that he had had in previous seasons. And I, I knew, I was like, he's, he's not long for this league. Like, I, I could see this absolutely being the very end of the road. This is his last hurrah. So, mentally, mm. again, going back to that point, yeah. what, what, what was it? What, when did you know that it was done? Like, you know, what, what triggered that for you? What was the... What was and you kind of alluded to it a little bit uh, in conversations you and I have had before, but yeah, what 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 kind of pushed you to that point? What pushed me to that point? The first thing that pushed me to the point was going down the roster and seeing guys that were born in the '90s, that were my teammates. Right. I knew what was going on in the '90s. I was actually a teenager in the '90s, and for me to play with guys that young, I, I said to myself, "Nah, man, dude, I got to get the hell out of here. This is this is a young man's game, and I am not young." in relation to football. I, I, was, I was 34, I believe, when I retired. So I wasn't a spring chicken. I was more like a summer duck. So, you know, I, I knew it was time to move on. And, uh, you know, seeing guys that were that much younger than me, right. it, the, the conversations were awkward and they were forced. Right. Because it's just a completely different. I mean, that's basically two generations removed, yeah, 12 years, 13 years. And when you can't relate to your coworkers like that, it's, it's time to find another job. Right. And, and, you know, and we've talked about this as well, but that last game, you know, there, Oof, there's a lot going rough. on. And, and one of your teammates retired after that game. Yeah, his soul retired before the game was over. When he took that hit, his soul is still at the Mercedes-Benz and Dome in New I, Orleans. I, I totally vividly remember that play. I, I mean, there's so it. many good things happening in Kurt Warner's career. Yeah. But that play yeah. in his last mm. game as a professional yeah. – like, people said a prayer. I mean, because he was... The stadium was quiet. It was a... It, and it, I'm not making light of it, but it was the cartoons where something happens and then you see the... Oh, yeah. That's Absolutely. what happened to Kurt Warner on that hit. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he basically... His soul waved by to his body because it, it, it was one of those where he did not get up. Right. I mean, he threw that interception and he took about three steps and that was all she wrote. And... I heard that hit in the middle of that dome. And I'm telling you, there are a few places that I've heard it as loud as it was in that dome in New Orleans. I I know the NFC Championship game here, uh, Kansas City once upon a time was extremely loud. BYU was another one in college that was very loud and raucous. And then you had the the New Orleans Saints fans. Uh, When Reggie Bush took that punt return to the house, I don't ever remember having to cover my ears right i had to cover my ears it was so loud in that building and that that was just fans losing their mind it wasn't artificial noise it wasn't noise pumped in like you knew that that team was on a mission and and 
there was no shame in, in losing to the eventual Super Bowl champions. What do you think about now when you watch exhibition football? Because we'll talk about games and, and obviously appreciate, you know, the perspective that you give breaking down yeah. real games. Yeah. But when you watch exhibition games and, and know from an, a, a player standpoint, and obviously they've eliminated one this year, but you, know, you, you were never a fan. And, and, you know, what do you think of when you watch it today? I'm torn, Mike. I'm torn because I didn't like it once I – got to a certain status, and I'll be very transparent here. My time in Denver was solely based on what I did in those preseason games. Right. I needed, in 2001, I needed every single rep I could get in the preseason. And had it not been for the preseason, there is no way that I would have been a member of the Denver Broncos. Had COVID been part of 2001 and I was an off-the-street free agent, there was no way that they would have given me the chance that I got from practices, from extra reps in mini camps and, and OTAs and all that stuff, all the way up to training camp and, and, and playing the, into the fourth quarter at the end of the games when you're just dead tired. Uh, there's no way that I'd be a member of the NFL. So I owe everything to preseason games. So I'm torn, Mike. I know that they serve a purpose. You got to have some. You can't not right. have any. You you've got to be able to get that callus built up. You, you, your body has got to feel the the bumps and the bruises and the falls and all that stuff to be ready for the season. I just don't think you need four. They've already cut it to three. Added on another game. I think if they were to get down to two, that would be a nice sweet spot mm -hmm. for the NFL and for the players to feel good about. Okay, let me get myself ready. Let me get into shape. And these two games. That'll give me about 20, 25 plays roughly to get myself ready for the upcoming season. When, when and you know, you talk about the mental aspect and the fact that you knew you were done and it was time to step away. Mm. You know, you hear people, you know, Sean, myself, right? The, the day job, the boss. Yeah. Like, you know, yeah. wow, my boss. I hope she's not listening. Mm. I love my boss. Yeah. <laughs> so just for the record, my boss, I love, she's cool. Yeah. But when you think about a football team. Yep. You know, you've got several bosses. You've got the owner, who's mm. the ultimate boss. You've got yep. a general manager, player personnel, whatever the, yep. those titles are. And then you've got the head coach. Yep. You know, and uh, you know, I, I would imagine from a player's perspective, you know, those types of people, those types of individuals influence that and, and, and impact you and how you feel about, quote unquote, going to work every day. Mike, I'll just say this. Uh, the Bidwills, I appreciate them because they gave me an opportunity to change my life and to change the trajectory of my family's life. Mm-hmm. I don't see them on a day-to-day -day basis. So owners are never going to really determine how a player feels about that organization, how they go about business in that organization. There, there's very little influence other than you see his name at the bottom of your check. There you go. And even nowadays, I don't even know if they still do checks. Direct deposit. <laughs> Direct deposit. So that, that, was, that, that relationship had its own merit, but my – Direct contact with the head coach was one of the reasons that I did not want to play anymore. Uh, we, we talked about with, with Vinny, uh, Wiz was, was a, a guy that I just I didn't like. Mm -hmm. I, just, I just didn't like him. And I didn't like the way that he did things. And uh, when you don't like your boss and you don't like the guy that you have to go out there and put your body on the line for, that makes it a very difficult situation. It makes it a totally different situation, right. Mike. Because now you're thinking about all of the risk that you're taking. Right. When you don't feel like you're in lockstep with the guy and you don't feel like you have the same beliefs and you don't, you're not on the same page, it, it, it changes the way that you view the game 
in and of itself. Work practices become, a, 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 it becomes so unbearable. Uh, working out, going to meetings, having to listen to the guy, all that becomes very, very difficult. Games become almost a relief. Like you don't have to see him on the mm. game day for the most part. So uh, if you have a great relationship, if you don't have a relationship with the coach, you only really deal with your D court or your coordinator and your position yes. coach. You, you really don't deal with the head coach during the game because he's back and forth with the, the, the coaches up in the booth and trying to figure out, you know, how to get things done and how to uh, make sure everybody's where they're supposed to be. So uh, you can get away with it, but that's just not enough when you have that one day, but then you got to deal with him the other six. Well, and, and I think for context, you played six years here. Yes, I did. Started with Denny Green. Yes, I did. And then obviously ended. And, After three years. And end is the, <laughs> is the operative word yeah. with Ken Wisenhunt. He wasn't who I thought he was. And who, we'll get to that, back to that in a minute. How important was Denny Green in that decision? Because, again, you talk about you know, the time that you spent in Denver to reinvigorate your career, and then the Bidwell has given you opportunity to change your, your trajectory, your family's trajectory. But Denny Green was, was the guy at that yeah. point. Like, yeah. how, how did he factor into the decision to come here and, and to take advantage of the opportunity that the Cardinals were giving you. He was everything. He, he was the reason that I came. And if it's not for him, uh, I'm not here. Because he's the one that said, we're going to build a defense around you. And we're going to make you the focal point, And you're going to be our leader, unquestioned. And my time in Denver was great. I enjoyed it because they gave me a second chance. They resuscitated my career. I'll forever be grateful to Denver for what they did. But here is where they gave me the opportunity to be the guy, right. to be the focal point, to, to say, hey, we believe in you. And I also got to give a shout out to Rod Graves as well. He, Denny and Rod Graves, a black head coach, a black general manager, that was the only combination that we had in the league. Mm -hmm. And not to say that that was the only reason. Obviously, the, the paycheck was, was most important. They cut the check. Thank you so much. Um, to have that sort of representation, I wanted to win to validate that. Right. I wanted that to be something that had more visibility and, and, and became more of a norm in the NFL because they were the only combination that we saw out of 32 teams at that point in 2004. So uh, they were very instrumental in me being here. And, and then, again, start with Denny Green and with Ken Wisenhunt. Sure. And when you have a coaching change yes. and people talk about chemistry and, mm -hmm. and, and the influence of the head coach in the building – was it noticeable day one? Like, again, the relationship you had with Denny Green, you just described it for us. Yep. And then, you know, you wake up, Denny Green's gone. Yep. Ken Wisenhunt's the guy. Yep. Is it noticeable at that point? Like, can you tell right away that, oh, my gosh, it's a new sheriff in town? Yeah, it is different because it's a different voice. It's a, it's a different feel. It's a different approach. Um, Denny was, was very much a, a confident man, especially at first. In 2004 and 2005, he was a very confident man. 2006 – things started to unravel, but uh, he was a very confident man. And, and, and Wiz uh, came in and, and he was very straightforward. Uh, he seemed rehearsed uh, at times and, and it just, it, it, it was almost too mechanical. Like there wasn't any, you know, like you had to really, like you want to tell him just relax, just chill, just be you, just do your thing. Um, I really, I, I respected Wiz at the time when he first got here because he was coming from a winning organization in Pittsburgh who had, he had won a Super Bowl there in 2005 mm -hmm. with the Steelers. And so he came in with, with instant credibility and the coaching staff came sure. in 
with, with instant credibility as well. And so, you know, we went eight and eight our very first year, which was the best record we had had since we had been here. So mm -hmm. that, that trust was built right away because we came in and, and, and you could see the team actually improve. It was Denny's picks, but then he put his little, you know, added spice and flavor to it. And, and we hit magic, uh, you know, two years, you know, yeah. the very next year. So, um, you have to give him credit for that, but I really, in hindsight, really wish that another coach had, had been part of that, that championship run. Yeah, and I think that's a great point, and I don't think it gets brought up enough because you look at those, those drafts that happened with Rod Graves at the helm and Danny Green as the coach. 2004 and 2005, I'll put those drafts up against anybody's. And they had longevity. Yeah. You know, you look at the, the impact. Yeah, the talent. I mean, just the straight <laughs> talent that they had. Right. I think about the 04 all the time. Mike, they had Larry Fitzgerald, Carlos Dansby, Darnell Dockett, Antonio Smith, Alex Stepanovich. Uh, <laughs> then you go 2005, you had J.J. Arrington. You had Antro Roll. You had uh, uh, Anquan. Well, Anquan was already in? here. Anquan was oh, here he was before. before Larry. He was before Larry. That's but, right, but still. People gave – and you remember, he caught so much flack for drafting back Larry. Back-to-back wide receivers. Because we had Anquan yeah. already. Why would you go get Larry when we've already got a Pro Bowl receiver? Uh, I think we all know the, how that worked out. 18 years later. 18 years later. Yeah. It, 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 it seemed like it was a pretty good deal. So I think that's a good point. Like, you, you know, you, you – you, and you did. You give Wiz credit because he took what yeah, was you there gotta and, give him credit. And, and, and pulled the, the strings to make it work. Yes, he did. And he, had, he brought in the coaches that, that, that yeah, made right? it all work. With yes. his, without those drafts, that never would have happened. No. And I remember we were doing a radio show back in the day. And that year, the, the, the Cardinals had a draft function that we were part of. And uh, Carlos and Darnell yeah. uh, came walking in yeah. together yeah. after the fact. That was Were you there? That was pretty yeah, cool. And to the point where – and this is – maybe a tip of the cap to who Carlos is as a person as well. I had met the man one time. Mm. About two years later, I'm at a gas station doing a radio show. And a, and a black, I think it was a Ben something, pulled up nice ride. Mm -hmm. Guy gets out. It was just a ways away, so I couldn't really tell who he was. But got out, was pumping gas in his car, just put the pump in, and then started walking my way. And he looks over and he goes, hey, came and sat and went on the air with me for a full segment. Hadn't yeah. talked to the man in two years. Yeah. Met him one time. And it was like it was like we were old friends. It was the, people, the craziest thing. Like out of nowhere, just at a gas station, walks up, comes on the air for a second. Well, in the Car Cardinals PR at the time, they gave us a segment with each of these guys. Yeah. Right? And Darnell came in, nice guy, but you know, uh -huh. Darnell was in. And he, he had a chip out. on his shoulder. He he did. He had a chip on his shoulder. And he he wore it beautifully for a while. <laughs> Carlos came in, and Carlos Carlos didn't want to leave. Yeah. They put the headset on, and Carlos, and we're gonna go to a break. He's like, he was actually with the Browns. And they were on a bye week when yeah. that happened, and yeah. they had just played the Bengals the week before, and we were, and they, you know, they had a couple of dust ups or whatever. I, it was just crazy. You wanted it to was, market the lobster mash, probably the lobster yes. mash, and, yeah, and, yeah, because I, you know, Carlos is a very good friend still, and and he was just a good, he dude. was a businessman, yeah, he, he was I've, a businessman, and and you know, he understood when you're on the radio and people are listening, that's 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 yeah. an opportunity to market yourself. No, no doubt about it. So, uh, you know, I'm glad you brought that up because, you know, it, it, everybody remembers the run. And it was magical. It was special. Um, but it took a lot to get there. And it wasn't yes, it just is. that regime. No, it wasn't. It was, it was the, the buildup to that. Yep. So, yep. good stuff. Uh, interesting, uh, interesting perspective. Uh, obviously, exhibition football, there's only so much you can talk about when it comes to the games. 
But uh, that perspective is, is, uh, is one that we appreciate. Yeah, Mike, one thing else I want to add, too, about preseason is that if you approach it the right way, right. I think for guys that aren't necessarily guaranteed to be on the 53, there is all types of opportunities to get yourself in position to not only make the 53, but you can also make the 10-man practice squad roster. Right. Uh, and I don't know if that's even been expanded, you know, with Better COVID and everything COVID. else. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it was expanded even further than that. But if you are smart about it, there are different ways that you can make yourself valuable to the team. And you hear a lot of guys, and I'm sure you've had guys on your team go elsewhere or be brought in based on fi- things they put on film while playing for somebody else. Yeah. Sure. So, you know, during these games, you're not just – and you, know, you hear people talk about it all the time – you're. You're not just auditioning for the coaches and, the, and trying to make your 53 That's or correct. your practice squad, but That's there's 32 correct. teams out there just trying, to, yep. just trying to improve. Yep. And, but, you know, if you show on tape, you can do it. You might not make this roster for whatever reason, but there's 31 others well, that you might end up on. And I was, again, driving around today going to get the, the, uh, the, the, the image. shave. Yeah, there you go. Look good. And Vince and, and, and his partner, Dan Bickley, were talking about the, they were talking about the battle for the third running back position. Yep. And, and at first Eno I'm like, Benjamin's one yeah, of them. Yeah. But at first I'm like, what? But just exactly what you said. A, because you know in this league, especially with an additional game, people are going to get hurt. Well, look at so, I mean, some it, of the stories. Like even the recent ones, Darren Waller has now become one of the best tight ends in all of football. He was on the practice squad with the Ravens, and the Raiders front office saw him warming up and said, who's that guy? Yeah, uh, and John he had had a lot of a lot of issues with drugs or whatever, and yeah. had his issues, which, yeah. which he's very open about. And John Harbaugh was more than well, well you know, willing to give him a shot somewhere else because yeah. the roster just wasn't made for him to play there in Baltimore. Yeah, and right. now look what happened—he's yeah. one of the best tight ends in football. Yeah, I mean, I, I look at Tony Jefferson. Tony Jefferson is one of the best examples of taking care of your business in in preseason, and he's made a nice career for himself. Not only here with the Cardinals, but in Baltimore, and I think he's uh, with Los Angeles. Uh, you know, if I'm not, I, I think it's Los Angeles, but the Chargers. So you can do it. And you, Victor you Cruz, just have to, Victor Cruz, Victor another Cruz. guy. You, just because you're not drafted doesn't mean that you, you're you're doomed to just yeah. uh, be at the end of everybody's roster. Priest you, Holmes, you can you can make a name for yourself. I don't know how in the hell Priest Holmes was not drafted. I played against Priest in in, in college. He he was every bit the runner that a lot of those guys were. He shared a backfield with, with uh, Ricky Williams back in the day. He was the fullback. Mm-hmm. You know, so. As soon as he got his chance in the NFL, it was over. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Good night. Yeah. It was but, over. Yeah. I looked it up while you were talking. Tony Jefferson ended up playing 98 games in the National Football League. Think about that. And, I mean, he was a guy that was at the bottom of the roster. 98 games. And he made a nice career for himself. Four years here, three years with the Ravens. Yeah. So, yeah. All right, well, we'll keep an eye on it. Uh, real football starts for real. Real football starts real. That's September, nice. September twelfth, I think, in somewhere yeah. in there. Way to go! That or, no Thursday, like September the, the yeah next month. Ninth. I, what yeah. I was trying to say. I got you. Next month. I'm with you. That broadcasting school's really paying off. Dynamite. Yeah. Drop I'm in. with you. Yeah, all right. I'm with you. Uh, is it that time already? It is. It is time. Damn. Compliment the shirt. We're we're almost into the fourth segment, but compliment the shirt. Uh, I wonder what's coming up next. Hmm. Was this by design in case I forget to uh, set it up properly? I mean, hey, it is what it is. It's taking on a life of its own, brother. Pump the brakes and dad jokes. On the other side, you listen to Training Gross. Yep. Final segment of the podcast. And you know what that means. And mm. I know for a fact mm. that, you know, we, we, we talked about it before. Yeah. Some days we do about an hour. Yep. We've been known to go as long as 90 minutes or more. But people stay with us for this. 
for this. Yeah. Well, and then now dad jokes is just Trump. Well, that's what I mean. But well, yeah. and you know, sometimes we actually go an hour just on this on section. this segment. <laughs> no guarantee. So I have a feeling a couple of these might go long. Okay. So I've only got four written down. Okay. So you know, instead of five. All what right. The hell is that, what the hell is that crew doing back there, man? Well, like, because these might, I, I guarantee they're going to actually. All so right. can I, wait, before we do that. Yes. I, I need to, you know, we've got a cast of literally thousands working on this show yeah. mm. and you know i get, i always take a shot at the suits back in the corporate of course office. i'm i'm my wife's first week of school she's a, i brought her a, an iced tea today yeah. scoring points there right go. but right when i did that it popped up on my phone from yahoo sports fantasy update pump the brakes <laughs> yeah i just about threw my phone out the car yeah who the hell does yahoo sports think they Hold are up. yeah and why didn't we Trademark, yeah, I don't yeah. know, hey, but the real ones know. Yeah, they know where it's at. And they you know, know, we've been doing it for a while, so you know, mm-hmm. they know. They Forty-three know. episodes the worth. The real ones know. That's right. Yeah. Uh, sorry, I just had to get that off my chest. Get All it right. off, brother. Get it off. So I'm going to give you guys some of the top uh, stories, things are, things people are talking about in the world of sports, some randomness as well. Yeah. You tell me if you're pumping the brakes yeah. on it or if you're riding with it. Yeah. Uh, we're recording this on Friday, which means last night. Major League Baseball held their Field mm. of Dreams event with the Chicago White Sox and the New York Yankees. Pump the brakes or not, that was the best damn thing baseball's done in decades. Oh, I'm not pumping the brakes on that. That absolutely was the best damn thing. And the thing that made it even sweeter for me is that the Yankees lost on the walk-off. <laughs> Bump the Yankees. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> that, that's how I feel about the Yankees. Yeah. Uh, look. When it first came out, I was like, really? Gimmicky. This what is, is this gimmicky. Be? Sure. You know, and I hope it goes to extra innings so we can have a runner on second base and all the. No. Major League Baseball. They got it right. Killed it. They got it right. I know people don't like Joe Buck and stuff. Killed it. They got it right. Having Kevin Costner. Kevin Costner is all like. The team to walk it. out together. That the was corn, awesome. Out of the corn. That field. was awesome. Kevin Costner's awesome. speech where he's standing there. Yeah. That, is that. this heaven? And yeah. the way they staggered it for them to walk out too. So it wasn't just like, hey, here's the Yankees, here's the White Sox. No. But just like they in the movie. They were together. Like all of them. Just like in the movie, couple come out here, couple come out uh, there. It was it, beautiful. It was the great. uniforms, yeah. like yeah. everything was, it was heaven. And like it was they, a walk off. A walk off won it. All of it. It was very much kind of like, you know, how the NBA, the NBA is trying out this whole play-in tournament thing. No, uh, no But no. things lined up for them, right, by having the Lakers have injuries and fall down yeah. and the Warriors fall down. For Major League Baseball, it worked out for them. A, they did a great job. It was going to be a good event anyway. But it worked out for them because the game was phenomenal too. The yeah. game was Leads remarkable. back and forth and, and then, the, then the walk-off. But I, I think they, they won the event before the first pitch was even thrown, which you saw what it was with the intro and everything about that. Um, And my hope is, because they've already announced they're gonna do it again, my hope is that kind of what you were talking about before, when it's time to retire, it's time to retire. At some point, we will have enough of this. Yes. And it's like the uh, NHL and the Winter Classic. Like it was great for a while and it's great in certain locations. Yeah. But you're going to the well way too much. Three on years. It. Well, three years. Whatever it out. is. Three See, years. I would say I would say only do this every five to ten on the movie anniversary because they're going to do this next year. Rob Manfred already said There's they had a no great doubt. They're going to do, do it a year after daughter. that too. But let me ask you this. The best part about it, we all just talked about it. Kevin Costner walking out yeah. before, then the team's walking out of the cornfield. How do you read? You can't redo that moment next year. Yeah. It's not going to be nearly the same. Right, but I mean, okay, but 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 let's 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 not bury the lead. It worked out great because the game worked Was out good. great. Right. Yes. Had the game been eleven to nothing, yep. 
everything gets pushed down a little well, bit. And here's, no. here's another thing that I took away from last night. We've spent three, four years now, if not more, Major League Baseball, worrying about pace of play and more and more so the length of the games, right? Sure. They're changing all these rules and everything. Right. Even though the average college football game is four-plus hours, almost four-plus hours, and, and the NFL is pushing three-plus hours and, commercials and nobody cares, right? Last night, that game was three hours and 39 minutes long, and nobody cared. Nobody cared. Baseball, nope. pay attention. It's not the pace of play. You gave us a compelling product it's the last quality night. Of product. You gave us a good product last night, and that's why people stayed in. It that's has nothing to do with the pace of play. Stop changing things and find a way to make the game better. Fair yeah. point. No, I, 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 look. I, like I said, when it first was announced, I'm like, no, you don't need to do this. Yeah. And the, the funny side note, somebody tweeted it out. You remember in the movie how they showed the cars lined up on the road to get in? Yeah. Yep. Well, apparently parking was, was an issue. Was it the same? And so if you look on Twitter, yeah. it's like, if, you ain't got, if you're not there yet, good luck. Yeah, right. yeah because this is in Cornfield, Iowa. There's only 8,000 people in the stands. It's all they had. This is in Cornfield, Iowa. Again, that Cornfield, Iowa, so imagine have, there's at least 4,000 cars. 400 okay. people probably live in that right. town. Fair. If that, yeah, yeah. and uh, but that I thought that was a funny side note because they they even recreated that unintentionally. And weren't they parking like over by the old field, yeah. like the act where they filmed the and, movie? And you got to walk in. That's through so the, cool, yeah. man. Yeah, exactly. All right, so that all being said, Field of Dreams is a way overrated movie. Pump, Pump. the brakes. Pump the brakes. <laughs> the fact that you can talk about it after the fact and bring Kevin Costner back and put a Major League Baseball game on based on that movie. Because let's say that movie never happened. And Major League Baseball said, we're going to build a baseball stadium, uh, field in the middle of a cornfield. You'd be like, what? Okay. So, yeah. That no, the movie change, is not overrated. It doesn't change the fact that it is not an all-time classic. And I people disagree. make it out to be this amazing movie. It's just, it's a, it's a fine movie. It's okay. It's not even in my top three baseball movies, let alone wow. movies yeah, of well, all your time. Well, mo- your movie list is a mess anyway. Right, so look, like, tell, I, I, want you to t- I want you to tell me to pump the brakes when I'm wrong on this. Baseball movies. Boulder. Major League 1, Bull Durham 2, yep. Sandlot 3. I'm waiting for you guys to tell me to pump the brakes. Guess what isn't in there? Field of Dreams. It's not even in the top three baseball movies, let alone best movies of all time. I, it is a overrated film. Fine movie. It's okay. Not but overrated. It's, and it's overrated. So I'll say this. Growing up, I wasn't a baseball fan. And when Field of Dreams came out, Kevin Costner was kind of that in-between kind of actor. Mm-hmm. I don't know if he had given us Waterworld yet, which Ooh, I still haven't forgiven him for. So bad. Um, but it, <laughs> it's it, really bad. That, really bad. I mean, oof, awful. <laughs> but the one thing I will say is the the thought of the whole movie, if you build it, they will come. That line has endured it has. throughout the course of time. But I'm kind of with Sean on this one, Mike. Like, I, I, I can't put it up there as an all-time classic only because I didn't grow up a baseball guy. And it's a, right. right. And, and let's be real. Who the hell says, let's have a catch? <laughs> yeah. At the end of the movie, you know, Kevin Costner. Search can, it on Twitter. Can we have a Search ca- that on Twitter. Who says, oh, okay. can we have a catch? I'll give you another point of reference, too. I was yesterday years old when I found out that the movie was actually about Shoeless Joe Jackson. Yeah. I didn't know that until yeah. yesterday. Yeah, and then everybody else gets involved, the other yeah. players and his dad and everybody else. Yeah. It's about Shoeless Joe. So, yeah. so, again, I didn't have any backstory yeah. about it to, to, to be – uh, drawn into it, so and I wasn't a baseball fan altogether, so it, it Listen, it's a good movie. 
It's it is a good movie. I enjoyed it. James, I got through too. it. Yes. James Earl Jones is amazing, right? You throw around overrated, is. though. You can't just take that okay, away. And the fact that you listen, put but people Sandlot, say it's number one overall. Have, Mike. Mike Bauer, who we all know, has this as his favorite movie of all time. Stop it with that garbage. Right. That is not Hold even up. close if, if to you would, true. If you would have gone there, I would have agreed with all you. Right. But you... you Throw around like it's too overwritten. No, it's not. It's a good. Movie. By the way, the fact that you have Sandlot, yeah, ahead of Bad News Bears, your list is a mess, anyways. Bad News Bears is good. Yeah, so even, your list is a mess, even, anyways. Even the one that they did not long ago with, uh, what's his name? But the original with the Walter. Orig- the original, the original Walter is, is you will amazing. Never, yeah. So your your list is a mess, anyways. And I I've known that about. You. No, this for ten damn years. Yeah, major ma- major league is, is that one for me. The baseball movie for me. I it's mean, I, it, it I, is I, I, in Bull Durham too. In Bull Durham. I, I mean, mean when like, he yeah. when he's having it out with the umpire, and I know we're, it's a podcast, but I still don't even want to go down the road of what he says to him. It is one of the funniest moments ever. <laughs> Bull Durham. Did is you call amazing. me a? Co- I mean, it is the yeah. funniest. Yeah. Oh my god! Yeah. And I like these movies, and I didn't even like. I said I didn't even. I, I'm the same. I way. didn't even watch baseball like that. I'm but I like way. the movies. Yeah. And why do you have to have an all-time top three? Why do you have to cut it off like that? <laughs> Fine, I'll keep going. We always I'm, have top threes. You always, would, they're yeah. always comparing and contrasting. All you're, right. you're, 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 we know your movie. I told you we were Your gonna... lists are a mess. So don't even. Was I wrong about that? I don't think I was wrong about this one. I don't. I All don't right, agree. moving on. I do not agree. All moving right. on. Last, uh, we'll do sports here, and then I got one pop culture here. All right. Um, your power rankings. Uh oh. For the NFL are out right now. Oh gosh. Uh, say oh, what you will about them. Think about what games. you will about them. Uh, but in terms of the NFC West, mm. here is the order and where the teams land. Yep. Rams six, Seattle seven, San Francisco ninth. This is the NFL.com list. Arizona Cardinals. 18th. Are we in agreement with that list, or are we pumping the brakes on that list? That's about right. I'm not going to pump the brakes. I would the agree. They're, they're not going to make the playoffs, but I think they're going to be better. 8-8 uh, eight and eight or 9-8 and eight seems <laughs> like a very good number for this team because they got better, but so did everybody else. Right. Yep. And they were already behind everybody else. And the I cannot – get the last two games out of my head from last season. When you had everything on the line, you had home games against teams that didn't really have much to play for and you couldn't get it done. Yeah. The Rams and the 49 I the 49ers one, I that that one boggles the mind. I I, I just I can't get that one out of my head because they had nobody. It, it's like they asked me to come out there and go, you know, and dust off the cleats and, and go out there and play for them. Yeah. And they couldn't beat them. Well, and, and the, the, the maddening part of that, if you're a fan of this team, is the way you took care of them in the opening game at their place when they were healthy. Right. Well, and they were healthy-ish. Com- they started the season pretty banged up. Well, they did, but they had. Uh, yeah, uh, Nick Bosa goes out week one. Uh, right, understood. A but call. you know, they that team. You're right. Week one versus yeah. where they caught them at the uh, end of yeah. the year. My yeah. point being, if you could have beat them week one the way they were. <laughs> well, and so, here's but but. You know, here's the thing. You know, when you look at it, you know, in my mind, mm-hmm. you know, give me, give me the 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 NFC, the order again, real quick. The order make, that they the Rams are the number N- one. NFL.com has Rams are sixth overall. Rams. Seattle seven. Seattle. 49ers nine. Cardinals down at eighteen. So one through four, that makes sense. Intuitively, you say, okay, look, if if I look at that, I still question the Rams. I'm going to be honest. Flip right flop, San Francisco and, and and Seattle to me. Seattle, I agree with yeah. that. A healthy C, a healthy yeah. 49ers team. I completely agree I, with I'm that. Qu- I'm questioning the Rams still. Like you know, you you you're playing mad scientist here. But what are you questioning about him? All of it. You 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 bring in a new quarterback. It's got to work. Is he right? not an upgrade over Jared Goff? I believe he's an upgrade, but doesn't it still have to work? You have to see it. Like I said, I'm not saying this is not a good team. Sure. I just need to see it. Right. 
Um, okay. I'll buy that, but I do agree he's a he's an improvement. But, and but I already seen their defense, and their defense was already their good. defense is legit. There's yeah. no question in that, right? Yeah. So, but it also know. as a play caller for Sean McVay, having let's be real, the arm talent of Matthew Stafford. I don't have to tell you, Detroit guy, the arm talent of Matthew Stafford compared to the arm talent of Jared Goff, and the willingness to sling it is light is night and oh, day. Oh, no, and you look so at as a play caller for Sean McVay, it opens up so much more for him to do every Sunday than yeah. what he was able to do in previous years. And, and no question, you talk about it, and you've heard some of the talking heads around say that if he stays healthy, yeah. if the players around him that matter stay healthy, like he could start shattering some records before right. it's all said and done here, and that's altogether possible. I yeah. just need to see it. Well, and, yeah. But the order, like, look, Cardinals fourth on that list, absolutely. 18 to me, I'm not a math guy. That feels like middle of the road in the NFL. Yeah. That half. feels about right. Yeah. I mean, you know. Because there's a lot of questions on this team, a lot of questions. It starts with the head coach. Yeah. Starts with the age of some of the people they bought in, and then the other thing that they're on the clock. You know, because when you look at some of these teams that have gone over the hump, they've done it while their quarterback's on a rookie contract. Yeah. At some point, this contract will not be good enough for this quarterback, uh, and you're going to have to address it. After this year, he can come to the table with so you there you if go. he so, wants to. So I'll, you know, and I'll say this: context. I'll be, like, for instance, everybody's looking at the Cardinals. Hey, we went from five wins to eight wins. There's improvement there, even though we, we choked down the stretch or whatever you want to say about it. But you got to put context to it. So last year, or let me go back two years ago when you won those five games. You played Matthew Stafford, Lamar Jackson, uh, Russell Wilson twice, uh, Matt Ryan, Drew Brees was on. that. We, you know, you had to face him as well. Uh, Goff twice, Jimmy G twice. Last year, here's the list of quarterbacks you played. C.J. Beathard, Jalen Hurts in his second NFL start, Daniel Jones, Cam Newton, last year's Cam Newton, Tua in his second NFL start, Andy Dalton's first game with that team, Joe Flacco's first game with that team mm. last year as well. Mm. It lined up. Dwayne Haskins isn't even on the same team anymore, barely hanging on to the lead. John Walford, those are the quarterbacks that you faced last year, and you won eight, eight games and, eight. and didn't get yeah. in. No, and Put that's context two to in it. a row at home. Yes. Yeah, so yes, did you win three more games? You damn well should have. So well, that's now where the look context at this is year. important, though. That's where the context that's is important because. I'm saying no. My point is, take a take a snapshot of this preseason poll by the NFL.com. Yeah, it's not going to be that way at the end of the year. No, because those quarterbacks that you mentioned, yeah. those weren't the starting quarterbacks when they did last year's no. preseason poll. So injuries happen. But what I'm getting at but, is, it lined up for no you better than it ever will again, and you did not capitalize on it. Well, exactly. But who's going to get hurt this year? Is my yeah. point. Like you don't know. True. So I think when you synopsize what happened with the Arizona Cardinals is opportunity. Did yeah. you take advantage of it? Yeah. A resounding no, particularly yeah. down the stretch. Well, and that's, I mean, what I was getting at with that whole list is how improved were they last year? Really. Right. You know what I mean? So you won five games in Cliff's yeah. first year. You won eight in Cliff's second year. But how improved were you really when yeah. you had everything you broke your way? Exactly you right. Uh, last thing here on Pump the Brakes. I told you we're going to go long on those a little bit there. There's a, uh, apparently, IHOP. Mm. <laughs> Apparently, IHOP is adding beer to the menu. What? So pump the brakes or not, some morning pancakes and beer at IHOP. Pump the brakes. <laughs> okay, listen. There are about four beverages that okay. go with breakfast. All right. Water. Okay. Mm-hmm. Coffee. Yeah. Mm-hmm. OJ. OJ mm-hmm. and apple juice. Apple juice. That's the list. Whoa. Everything else, get it, or maybe cranberry. Right, what about champagne in your in your orange juice? Little get mimosa, it out of little here. Mimosa, a mimosa. That's for ladies. Come on now. I don't. Don't ever let me it's catch pretty you. Pretty good. Not don't let me <laughs> catch you around the city <laughs> with a mimosa in your hand. Wait. And, and when the you pinky drink up. Do you, 
the pinky up. When Don't you drink it. your mimosa, Sean Crestman, is your pinky <laughs> up? Last time I had a mimosa, we were in Vegas, and they had bottomless mimosas at this breakfast joint we were at. Don't remember. Wow. Don't remember much. Well, I was going to add more mimosas than breakfast. <laughs> yeah. In addition to that, what about a Bloody Mary? You, I mean, All right. Okay. I don't no. personally like because I don't it, like tomato no, juice. Get it out of here. I All mean, right. because some restaurants make a make a, a production out of the uh, Bloody Mary box. So no. what time is what time is it to? You know, we did the whole what temperature becomes shorts weather before mm. on this on this segment. Mm-hmm. What time is it okay to break out the beer to pop it open? Because I mean, you're it's IHOP. You're probably going in the morning. So what? What time? there is no time at IHOP. I hop. Yeah. When does beer and syrup go together? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. It's yeah, a good question. Your love of mimosas notwithstanding, I ain't going to <laughs> IHOP to have a beer. Give me a Hold bud up. and a stack of old fashions, please. What? No. What are we talking about? Happening. That right. is ridiculous. All right, well, it's on the menu Pump now. the bricks. Right. That's, that's desperation. That, that's straight desperation. <laughs> it's today's That's what that is. Where do you find this stuff? I got, all, I got my sources. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. I got my ways. Mm-hmm. It is time, all ladies right. and gentlemen, for what you've all been waiting for. The man is wearing the shirt for it right now. He is full of them, full of dad jokes. Uh, the shirt alone is a dad joke, which I appreciate. Come on, the, now. Yeah, the, 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 uh, the concept there. Uh, B-Train's going to give us a joke. He's going to get one of these. Yeah. If it is a quality joke, <laughs> he'll get the laughter. If it's, a, it's above and beyond, you get the standing O. Okay. But there's always that chance that it just doesn't land, and that little uh, on your shirt goes still down. Still mad about to, that. I'm still mad about the one. Yeah. Only happened one time. Does that shirt? I, down yeah, to right. <laughs> Let's find out. Let me make sure people can see the shirt there. Okay, That's there right. we go. Uh-huh. All right, so lay it on us, sir. Where are we going? All right, here we go. Never date a girl that plays tennis. They may be athletic, but love means nothing to them. <laughs> it's good. It took me a second. It took me a second, but that's good. I like it. That is good dad joking. It took me a second. Love means nothing. But I got it. Yes. You get it? That's pretty good. That's very good. All right. Well done. I like it. Well done. That's good one. I, put it this way. That's one I'll tell my friends. Yeah, yeah there you yeah, go. I'm yeah. going to use it. Yeah, without a doubt. It's pretty it, good. The other thing that I love about this segment is how long ago was the, 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 the trombone? Like, how, how many that weeks was ago was that? About three, three, three or four three weeks. Or like a, let's say it's a three or four, like a month ago almost. Yeah. I'm still mad about it. You're still mad. I'm still mad about that. I still remember the joke. What was the joke again? The joke was, why did the, uh, why did the, okay, why, why did the uh, dad joke cross the road? No, that wasn't it. Yes, it was. All right. Well, the good thing is this is recorded, so somebody's lying. Okay. Yeah. Why did the dad joke cross the road to get to the other side? I've never heard that. Oh, one. you stop it. That it, was that, not it. That was no, the joke. I yes, can it tell was. You, I can tell you what it was. Okay. I can, t- I can tell you what it was. It was the uh, chameleon stand-up comedian. That was it. And I can't remember the punchline now. He's a, he's a stand-up chameleon. That's what it was. It was a lizard... Com- com- oh, Lizard was telling jokes. Yeah, and it was a stand-up stand-up chameleon. <laughs> You're laughing. I'm laughing at the way it gets presented. No, I stop it. That it was a good joke. It was an all right joke. It, man, okay. this one, this one yeah, it got the trombone. It's money. Sorry. Yeah. It's a month later, he's still mad. All right, well, still let me ask you this. That. So we're torn on it, Gross. You, you be what button am I pushing on mm-hmm. that one? We, we all have favorite children. <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. Wow, well done. I'm closer to it, man. Well like, done. I mean, one of these days he's going to come over the table well, after well, that, man. Well done. But love needs, means nothing to them? <laughs> that was good. I like that. That was quality. I like yeah. it. It's like our ratings for movies. Like, if it's halfway through, you're going to watch it. 
Yeah. The ratings for B Train's jokes is if are you going to steal it and tell people? It's true. Yeah. And I'm going to tell I, that I'll one. I'll tell that one. I will tell that That's one. That's a good one. Proud so much. I appreciate I can't it. And I'll set it up the way I always do. I'll say, I can't remember where I heard this, but. <laughs> yeah. Take credit for it. Somebody him. be like, you damn liar. I heard it on yeah. your podcast. Right. Hey, thanks again to Vince Morata for joining us on yeah, the podcast. Yeah, my cousin Wonderful Vinny. to catch up with him. Yeah. And uh, we'll look to intersplice. Is that the word? Introduce. Work in. Yeah. Whatever. We'll add Geska in the Bring in the them future. out. Bring them out. Bring them out. Don't forget to uh, subscribe on Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast, And follow YouTube. us. YouTube. On Twitter at Train and Gross. We'll see you next time. Well, holla.